Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Central's Election Vigil. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I am Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, we briefly mentioned this in our podcast about memorial candles. Mm-hmm. So let's dig in. What exactly are you hoping to do? What is this? So this is an idea that I had probably maybe even a year ago. And it came from my memory of the experience of the 2016 election. Yes. Because in 2016 on election day, I was at the church in a finance team meeting. We were starting to talk about the next year's budget And we were all sitting around in the fellowship hall at this finance team meeting, refreshing our phones constantly. (laughs) For new information. For new information on the election results. And finally, as it became clear that Donald Trump was getting elected, Mm -hmm. which is different than many in the room had hoped, we just quit the meeting, (laughs) just gave up on the meeting. Wise. And went into the sanctuary. And I took them into the sanctuary and led a kind of prayer and space for holding that kind of energy of what comes next and God be with us in this. And we had that prayer and then sent them all home. And then I stayed for probably another half an hour, 45 minutes in the sanctuary by myself and experienced my own emotions and my own feelings about it all. And I literally leaned on the pulpit and wept and said, God, you need to show up. Because at the time, my fear was that many of the people that are on the margins would experience a very difficult four years. And I was very afraid of how I was supposed to speak hope into these next coming four years. And so my prayer at the pulpit that night was, God, show the F up, was really, sure. like, literally, and that was my prayer. And it hasn't changed much since then. And because that was such an intense, helpful experience for me sure, and for the committee of folks, I thought about, okay, we knew last year that this coming election would be emotional for a lot of people. We knew that even before COVID, that this was going to be difficult and challenging. We knew before the increase in racial tensions that it was going to be hard, right? So I had, like I said, a year ago, had asked staff to clear the building for election day so that we could open the facility as a place for people to come and be present and to not have to pay to be able to spend time there. Sure. Alcohol wouldn't be served, so if someone was trying to choose sobriety, it would be a safe place for someone to continue to make sober choices on a day when I think that will be exceedingly difficult for people. Oh, yes. And also, in the neighborhood around the church are a whole lot of healers. We have massage therapists and acupuncturists and therapists. Yeah, actual therapists, sure. Right? A ton of them within a two-block radius of the church. And 
I thought about a lot of those folks, some of whom I know don't have any church connection, right? There's no connection to a church body, but they are healers in our community and they are healers literally in our neighborhood who are serving populations who are greatly impacted by this, which means they're taking on the hurt and the anxiety and they're working on the physical wellness and the mental health wellness of people who are being impacted by this election. So I had imagined and hoped that we could, over the course of this year, build relationships with those healers and create a space where when they would have a break during the day, that they could come and sit and be in a quiet space, that we might be able to be a place where the healers could find just respite as they continued to do their work on election day. Mm -hmm. And so the building was completely empty. We didn't schedule any building users, didn't allow anything to happen on that day. But of course, now welcome to COVID. Yeah, I was going to say, what's this going to look like now? So now it's going to be on Zoom. Okay. And we have all these same kind of hopes to create a space where people can be present, um, a space where people don't have to be alone in what they're feeling, a space where people can hang out and be connected. Unfortunately, it does not have the same kind of accessibility as our building does. Sure. Right. It is something you need to have an internet connection, therefore some financial means to be able to access. But nonetheless, our goal is to have this space open. We decided to open it in hours that we knew that we could commit to. And it's Deacon Bonnie and I who wanted to make sure that we could support the framework no matter what else came into it. Okay. We had pondered opening it when the first polls open in the United States and close it when the polls close in the United States. That's a big but window. <laughs> it is. And it was too big of a window. <laughs> yep. It started too early in the morning since we're on the West Coast. So it's like 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. on the West Coast when the first polls open on the East Coast. And so we are opting for what we know we can commit to, which is 9 a.m. to midnight. Sure. That we will hold that space for those 15 hours. Wow. That still sounds like a lot. Now, are you imagining people come and go during this time? What do you think it's going to look like on Zoom? Not that anybody can really predict anything these days. Right. Yeah, no kidding. What we are imagining and creating is that we'll have a main room where people can come and go. It will be monitored all day long because unlike a lot of our stuff where we kind of keep the connecting information more private so that we don't have to worry quite as much about Zoom bombing, mm -hmm. we are going to go very public with this. And it will be on Facebook and the link will be available on Facebook. So it will be monitored the entire 15 hours. One of us will be present and able to kick people out if we were to get a Zoom bomber, for example. And so we could kick them out and ban that person from being back in the room. It's very important to us in this situation to create accessibility, but also to create safety. Sure. And so that's our commitment. And that was kind of our base structure line. From there, what we're building is an open room where maybe there's an image on the screen and music playing. Maybe there's a journaling prompt. Maybe there's not. But the objective is just that people can come in 
and hold space and time and prayer for safety, for poll workers, for people who are voting, for fair and safe elections, and that we hold that intention in that time and people can come and go. So that main room will be pretty standard. But if there are people who want to have conversation or maybe there's an hour where someone wants to come and host a particular themed hour where we have a conversation about something or we consider something, that will likely go into a breakout room. Okay. So you can come in and say you want to lead half an hour of contemplative prayer or Lexio Divina or whatever it is that is a particular practice. Maybe someone wants to do um, hymn singing. Hymn singing, right? Something like that. But that that would go over to a breakout room in order to leave one space that's open for people to come in and out of, to simply be present with one another without necessarily having to overhear conversations. Sure. So if someone just wants something on their screen other than election results or a pundit, right, that they want to journal for a little while or just want something peaceful and non-anxiety producing, that that will be available. And then those conversations and questions and those kinds of pieces can go into a breakout room. I am just sitting here trying to imagine who's coming because both sides, there are so many strong emotions Mm -hmm. that I think it's going to be tough to keep it from turning into some sort of crazy shouting match, especially when you're throwing Facebook at the whole thing. I'm fascinated for what this is going to turn out to be, but I'm also honestly scared. Yeah. So that's where protections come in. Sure. This is not a place for debate. We're not going to live stream this on Facebook. Okay. This is not something that's going on to our Facebook wall. This is something you come and experience in this space. We're going to turn chat off. Except for to host only. So you can chat to the host to ask questions, but you can't come in and start attacking other people through the chat. If you want to go have a conversation, you can request it and then we'll send you over and we may have some kind of monitoring for the breakout room. But we're trying very hard to create spaces that are safe. And face it, Central Lutheran is who Central Lutheran is. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the kind of folks who are going to want to come and spend time in a space that Central Lutheran creates will likely be kinder to one another. I would agree. I guess where I'm finding it interesting thinking about this as a Zoom thing versus an at-the-church thing is there is something still that holds weight about a church building. Oh, 100%. And without that kind of physical space around you, it's going to be fascinating to see how it all works. Yeah. And that's where maybe some of the imagery that we choose to have on the screen may be important. Mm -hmm. It may be, you know, simply important how we hold the space. I don't think that it's necessarily a day where I get to turn off my camera. Oh, sure. Right. I think it's a day where I put my collar on. Sure. And keep my camera on. Right. And those kinds of little pieces can help to set a tone. The symbols that we choose and those kinds of pieces will help to set the tone. Do you have any recommendations or suggestions for people who may want to hold their own vigil in addition to coming and going from this one? Same way we do for any kind of vigil. Create an intentional space 
and engage in an activity that lets you focus on being present with those kinds of thoughts. You know, for you and I, that might be knitting. For someone else, that might be cooking. Sure. It might be jogging or running or going for a bike ride, but just intentionally thinking about and holding the intention in our hearts for safety, for poll workers and voters, and for a fair and free election, that we hold on to that. Now, you said you're going to open this and make it as public as possible. Whom are you hoping will show up? Well, we're really excited. We've made some intentional invites to folks who, for kind of hosting an hour and for being present in a leadership capacity. And I already have two acceptance to folks who are going to be with us. So Pastor Mata from The Flame They are going to be holding space at 10 a.m. that day, and they are a gifted, amazing, beautifully spiritual queer person of color with kind of a connectivity to a great spiritual depth that kind of crosses traditions and involves some interfaith aspects. And so I'm so excited to see the kind of space that Pastor Mata curates for us. And then we're very excited, Emmanuel Lutheran in Seattle And Pastor Priscilla Austin, they are going to be co-hosting this with us. Okay. And Pastor Priscilla is another amazingly gifted pastor up in the Seattle area. She's incredible and inspiring. And she's talking with her prayer team to see if they would be willing to be available as individual prayers to go into a breakout room and offer prayer with people throughout the day. And as a Black woman, she particularly wants to help us with conversations around what next. Sure. And so there will be two hours where she is curating and inviting people of color to come and speak to not just let's, you know, pray about this for today, but how are we going to move forward in holding our elected leaders accountable to the kind of work and the kind of policies and the kind of procedures that we need to hold them accountable to, no matter who is elected next? What are the next steps? How are we going forward? And how do we do this with integrity together? And so for folks who don't want to just sit, I mean, sitting and holding vigil is important, Mm -hmm. but for people who want things to do, And to look forward and to keep the momentum moving, those two hours with Pastor Priscilla are going to be incredibly powerful times. And I think that those hours are 1130 to 1230 and 430 to 530. Excellent. Okay, so from a user standpoint, Mm -hmm. does it matter to you if people come and go or if they come in, in and out of the screen or if they just have a black screen? Yes, All of that is fine. Okay. And no, it doesn't matter if you come and go, right? Okay. There's no wrong way to do this. No shame in a black box if you don't want to turn your video on or anything like that. Okay. One of the things that Deacon Bonnie and I have talked about a lot as we have been doing ministry in COVID is that we only commit to doing things that we know we can do, that the process in and of itself is worthwhile. Okay. So no matter what the result at the end of the process is, it will have been worth our time and energy. So, for example, when we were creating the kids' packets, we, of course, wanted the children to open those kids' packets and use those curriculums. And the work that went into creating them was in and of itself an incredible gift that was successful as our team bonded and learned and grew and found hope 
and all of those kinds of things. With this vigil, whether one person shows up or a thousand people show up or no one but Deacon Bonnie and I show up, it will be successful because we are willing to commit this space and this energy because we think it's important for the day. And so once you take the pressure of success equaling 10 people present per hour and five people having one-to-one conversations and 18 people participating in curated content, like when you take all of that away from what success means, when you just say success is simply holding a space open in case people need it and offering that peace of mind, there might be 50 people out there who are just comforted that Central Lutheran cares enough to hold a space open, right? They may never show up, but success is simply holding it. And so however people interact, if they come and go, if they leave it on their screen all day long and never turn their camera or microphone on, there's no wrong way. There's no wrong way. There's nothing about how people will encounter it that will be wrong or bad or inappropriate, except if you cause harm to other people. Sure. Right. If you come in with the intent to cause harm to someone else, that is wrong. You will be kicked out of the room and you will not be able to return. So does that make sense? It does. It does. And it's going to lead me to my last question. Given the way that they're talking about this election already and Mm -hmm. when the results may or may not be, Mm -hmm. if things get delayed and delayed and delayed, do you think you might do another one of these? I mean, it's possible. Okay. I won't say yes. I won't say no. It's possible if it's something that is helpful and it's something that we can offer with integrity again and that we have the energy and capacity to be able to offer it, and it's a useful thing. The other thing I will say is that our worship committee has been wondering about this kind of a, an evening vigil, mm-hmm. kind of midweek as we head into winter and into Advent. And so that would be during these months and during this time when we start Advent the week after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so... In the month of December, I think that there may be some appeal to having it open, to having an open space kind of like this, but that would only likely be an hour at a time. And again, it would really depend on whether or not people would, you know, it, it, it's about energy. Sure. If people put a bunch of energy in and are very disappointed that only two people show up, then that's not going to be a good use of our energy. But people are tired And people are tired of Zoom and are tired of being online. So we have to just be very gentle with our expectations for people. So we'll see. We'll listen. And if it's something that people call for, we will listen and we will make it possible. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about Central's election vigil. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I, and you are all cordially invited to join us in this Vigil on Election Day. Information about how to sign into the Zoom room will be available on our webpage, centralportland.org, as well as on our Facebook page, and that's facebook.com slash centrallutheran. We hope that you will join us for one minute or 15 hours as it calls to your spirit. And remember... As we continue on this journey, and until we are back in your ears again, remember that God loves you.
no matter what.